G'day all, and welcome to our latest Glory Days podcast as we look at the Benalla All Blacks 1976 Premiership season that was fuelled on the disappointment of its previous season's finals collapse. A huge thanks to the Benalla Rural City Council, Benalla All Blacks Football and Netball Club, and its past players who have also contributed to the cost of this timeless and historical moment in the club's history. Righto, let it rip, Robbie. I think it was against Tatong and uh, Bonnie Doon and um, oh, they were both fairly physical sides and uh, we weren't particularly physical but at the end of the day we, we had a very good side and uh, it was a very disappointing end to the season. You know, we were, we were better than what we showed in the finals but um, you've got to, be there, got to be there on the day. It's always it's disappointing to go out in straight sets and uh, when you think, you know, you should have probably won it so it was a motivating factor for the following year in 76. Biggest disappointment, I think, of my whole football career. We had the side, it was unbeatable. I would say it was probably the best side that we had in that 13 year period, but bitterly disappointment because Johnny Burns was such a great guy. Took a lot of getting him to the club, he coached Swanpool. It was so disappointing for him. Uh, because he, he deserved success. He coached Swanpool for I don't know many years. He coached out there, had good ties, but just couldn't get him over the line. And he thought well, when he come to the Blacks, at least he's going to get his premiership. Unfortunately, as a coach, that didn't happen. But he did play in '76, so he still got the premiership with the Blacks, but not as a coach. Look, it took a long time to get over it. And the next year, we were that bloody determined we weren't going to lose anything next year, and uh, that's the way we performed. Welcome back to episode two of the mighty Banana All Blacks Premiership podcast series. With this episode taking a deep dive into the 1976 season where the Blacks under coach John Rush took out their last Banana and District Football League Premiership. The finish of the 1975 season was still haunting the playing group, as you just heard from Mick Shield and Sid Lewis respectively in the open-up, losing both finals matches after being unbeaten in the home and away season with an average winning margin of 71 points in their 15 games. I hope you enjoy Rush of Redemption. There was change at the club with Jim Spencer Jr. taking on the role as president, with Sid Lewis standing down after four years. Coach John Burns also stepped down after two years, but stayed on as a player. The Blacks' last flag was in 1971 under Alan Beaton. John Rush had carved out a successful coaching career around the Golden Valley Football League and had moved to Benalla for employment in the insurance industry. The previous year, he had coached Tungamar to a premiership. Sid Lewis explains how Rush was approached and eventually signed at the All Blacks. We heard about through the grapevine that this fellow by the name of John Rush was coming to Benalla to live uh, with his uh, work. He's an insurance agent. And I can't recall who passed the word on it, but anyhow, we acted pretty quickly on it. Kenny Levy and I went round to his house. We found out that he bought a house down in Burn Street, Benalla. And uh, we raced and looked on his door and said we would like to have a talk to him. And he said, I'm still unpacking. So I said, well... It won't take us long, John. We just want to introduce ourselves and make you feel welcome and uh, invite you to join the All Blacks Football Club. 
uh, we went inside and uh, while well, we removed all shifting stuff around and we talked for two hours and um, convinced him that we were the club for him to come to and uh, didn't make a decision there and then, but he thought about it, contacted me and uh, next minute he said, yes, so I'll be interested in coming to the All Blacks Football Club, So, which was great and that's where it all started. But uh, he impressed us and, you know, um, Johnny Burns, a coach who only coached us for two years, decided to continue to play, which was a bonus, but he didn't want to coach no more. And uh, so John sort of fitted in perfectly and, uh, and away we went. Other new recruits to the All Blacks included Graham Tricky, Bruce Cottrell, Brian Harrington, Merv Laportevin, Terry Truella and Robbie Vance. Players to leave the club included league's leading goal kicker Stephen Hales, Rex Dow, Martin Gunning, Brian Reid and veteran Rex Dushup. Dushup, who had played 188 games and had won three senior club best and fairest between 1965 and 1975, explained how a freak accident forced him into retirement. 76 was the year I got hurt. I got hit in the eye uh, with a, a running over at the fire brigade track. It was back in January 76, coach Johnny Burns at the time, because it was yeah, back in here. He said, you're coming down for a run tonight with um, the boys down at the track because he was having a bit of a run with them too. You know, you know how they run up and down the track, mate, shoot the discs and all that stuff. Billy Armstrong, who was the coach of the fire brigade side, called us over because they wanted to do this, uh, what they call a Y8, and it takes eight blokes, you know. And bugger me dead, um, so I have already go and give him a hand. And with, with a Y8, you've got to have someone to catch the cart, uh, jump off it. I've caught the cart. One of the hoses flicked over and the uh, coupling sconed me right on the side of the bloody um, eye orbit, gone me good and proper. I was up in Wang for a month, lost a fair bit of my eyesight in that right eye and um, nearly 30 fractures, you know, all around the eye orbit. Mate, I was lucky. Look, I was unlucky in a way, but no shit. They done a good job. Got me up the wang, and um, oh, bolts coming out me cheekbone, you know, and wires coming out of me eyebrow, <laughs> where that where they wired it all up. And I could no one own. I could have played that year anyway, and that was it, mate. There was also another new player in Benalla, the Benalla Rovers, who had last played in the 1930s season in the Ovens and Murray Football League were out of recess and would play the All Blacks in round one on April 24th in the 10-team competition. What a tough debut it was for the Rovers as the All Blacks, still stinging from its previous season's demise, steamrolled the newcomers by 150 points, with Sid Lewis booting eight goals, Terry Dusha and Mick Shield four each. Round two was a home game against the Devonish Barbers and what a beauty it was with the Blacks holding on defiantly to win a thriller by five points with Trevor Piltz, Mick Shills, Tad Madge and Terry Dusha in great form. Next up was a trip up the Hume to take on fierce rivals Glen Rowan. In a brilliant performance, the All Blacks belted the Tigers to the tune of 49 points to remain the only unbeaten team. Merv Laportevin and Sid Lewis kicked five goals each, with Ken Levy, Graham Tricky, and Tony Johnson taking out the Best Player awards. Back at home, the All Blacks had to overcome a 16-point half-time deficit against Swanpool to eventually take control and come away with a 21-point win. 
Ken Levy continued his great form with four goals, as did Terry Dusha and Brian Harrington. The win was the perfect tonic to celebrate club legend Sid Lewis' 200th game at the All Blacks. Rival coach John Highland got his players to line up for a guard of honour as Lewis ran out onto the ground. The All Blacks made it five from five when they beat the winless Strathbogie by 89 points after the Bogey Blues had stunned the ladder leaders when they led at quarter time. However, being held scoreless in both the second and fourth quarters resulted in a big loss. Sid Lewis and Terry Dusha kicked four goals each, while Ken Levy, John Birds and Tad Madge starred in the midfield. A trip to Gurumbat resulted in a 62-point win, with only the second quarter being won by the Bats. Graham Briggs, John Rush and John Burns dominated the midfield to set up an eight-gold cameo from Dave McAvoy. Meanwhile, in the same round, the Benalla Rovers chalked up its first win in the league when they thrashed Strathbogie. Bonnie Doon provided great resistance when they travelled to the Friendlies Oval to take on the All Blacks. Only a poor third quarter cost them an upset win after they trailed by just five points at the long break. John Burns, Robert Vance and Mick Shield were the best for the Blacks. Mick Shield, who later in the years won a league best and fairest at the Blacks, explains how he came to the club the previous year. We moved from Melbourne, my wife and I, and one child at that stage and a baby on the way later in the year, and uh, we moved to Benalla, and uh, I, I played with Dettering, uh, with Martin Cross and whatever you a couple of years before that, I'd had a fair affinity with with Dettering, and so I thought oh, I'll start playing up there. So I started I started uh, playing up there, but at the same time, Rossi Hines was um, also playing up there, and he was living in Benalla, and uh, he was training it with the All Blacks. And I said, oh, you know, where am I going to train, sort of thing. So I started training with the Blacks, and he and I, and then I, about four or five games, you know, I thought, well, I probably really should be playing in the community that I'm living in rather than travelling up to Dettering and stuff like that. So uh, moved from training to getting a clearance and uh, playing the last half of the season, I suppose it was. Another tough contest was on offer for the trip to Tatong in round eight. The Magpies, fifth on the ladder, had set themselves for a big effort and took a two-point lead into the half-time break. Big second-half games from Brian Harrington, Graham Tricky. Merv Lepoitevin and Jared Crovers ensured the Blacks got home by 18 points. Round nine pitted the All Blacks at home against second place Longwood in club legend Tad Madge's 200th game. He was presented with a silver tray post-match by club president Jimmy Spencer. After some poor form in the last two games, the Black ensured that Tad Madge's 200th game was a winning one. John Burns, Ken Levy, Bernie Stratton, and Sid Lewis starred in the 66-point victory. Round 10 commenced the second half of the season and almost caused the upset of the season in the Benalla Derby. The Benalla Rovers were unlucky to lose after kicking more goals than the Blacks before going down by nine points after trailing by just four points at three-quarter time. Jared Crovers, Graham Tricky with five goals and Robbie Vance were the best for the Blacks. Next up was a road trip to Devonish to take on the Barbers, who were in third position on the ladder after four straight wins and had pushed the All Blacks earlier in the year, losing by just five points. They were also celebrating club stalwart Gary Parker's 
200th game at the Barbers. In wet conditions, the Barbers led a quarter time by 10 points, but a goalless second term proved fatal as the Blacks made it 11 straight victories, 12-10 to 7-7. Trevor Vance starred with five goals for the All Blacks. Glen Rowan were next for the unbeaten leaders, and if the Blacks had have kicked straight in the first term, they would have won by more. Three goals, seven to nothing, set the scene for a comfortable eight-goal win with Ken Levy, Graham Tricky, Tad Madge, Brian Harrington, and John Burns dominant. It rained golds on the friendly society ground when ninth-place Swampool copped a 204-point hammering as the hottest favourites in league's history booted 33 golds and the Swans just two. There were 12 goal kickers on the sheet, with Trevor Vance seven, Terry Dusha six, Sid Lewis five, and Robbie Vance four leading the splurge. Strathbaby were next to cop the All Blacks brilliance, going down by 135 points. They were kept goalless in the first half, and then, for good measure, had nine goals kicked against them in the final term. Graham Tricky seven, and Terry Truella six doing the damage. Trevor Pilts and Merv Lapoitevin were other excellent players. The All Blacks remained unbeaten and four games clear of second place Tatong when they beat Gurumbat by 72 points in round 15. Brian Harrington won the Victoria Hotel Award and John Burns the Broken River Hotel Award. Round 16 produced the upset of the season when sixth place Bonnie Doon inflicted the All Blacks first loss of the season at Bonnie Doon winning a bruising encounter by 13 points. Black's Tony Johnson was reported twice in the game for abusing and misconduct towards an umpire. After an even first quarter, the Blacks lost the game in the second, kicking one goal six to the Dooners' six straight goals. Despite his report, Johnson was best along with Tad Madge and Trevor Pilts. The Blacks hosted its final game for the season in round 17 against second place Tatong, who had won eight straight games since its last loss, which was against the Blacks. In another inaccurate display, the Blacks held control all day to run out 25-point winners. The loss dropped the Magpies to fourth. Mick Shields starred with five goals, while Trevor Pilts and John Burns dominated the midfield. The final game of the home and away was away to Longwood, who were in second position and needing a win to hold that position with Tatong and Devonish both having easy games. Dropped to fourth they did when the Blacks administered a 62-point drubbing. Bruce Cottrell, Peter Jewell and Mick Shield with six goals were the best. So at the end of the home and away season, the All Blacks, with 17 wins and one loss, finished minor premiers, four games clear of Devonish in second, Longwood third, and Tatong made up the finals, finishing fourth. Tatong coach Merv Sellers won the goal kicking with 92. Best for the All Blacks was Sid Lewis with 42 goals. The Tom Moore medal for the league best and fairest was won by Dave McCulloch from Glen Rowan. The All Blacks best and fairest was won by John Burns with Ken Levy runner-up and Trevor Pilts third. Mick Shield spoke about Burns. Fantastic bloke. Uh, he and Kathy were a great couple, and uh, he coached '74 and '75, uh, having previously coached and played out at uh, out at Swanpool. Two league best and fairest, so that's a testament to his ability as a player. But he was he was a really good bloke, and uh, 
even though we were a small club, we only had the one side. The social scene after a game, it was, you know, Kathy and John's house was the place we went back to, and we had a lot. We had a lot of fun. As a player, he was not overly. Was he was slim, uh, probably six two on the old scale. Uh, you know, a good ruckman, but his forte was really playing across the centre and a kick behind the play. He was. Um, he read the play so well. And he was a beautiful mark, so not much got through the opposition and had a fair job ahead of him to try and get through Burnsy roaming along the half-back line sort of thing. And Mick, it must have been a great boost to the club when John Rush was appointed coach for 76, but John Burns decided to stay on. Yes, it was. Burnsy was obviously dis- disappointed uh, with 75, and he was probably probably 31, 32, and he, he was a petrol distributor in Benalla and, he you know, he was uh, the job was getting bigger and more onerous and what have you. So to play that year made made a big difference. He, uh, like, he Sid, um, was their other bigger bloke. Sid was their sort of main uh, strongman, if you like. But it, it made a big difference and, uh, you know, John in, in the middle of the ground and down back and that sort of stuff was a, was a huge contributor to the game on, the, you know, the grand final day. The first semi-final was contested at the Friendlies Oval and resulted in an easy win for Tatong over Longwood, whose season was put in the mothballs by the dangerous Magpies. The All Blacks' memories of 1975 straight sets finals exit was still burning hard and was the focal point of motivation ahead of their second semi-final against Devonish. The desire for redemption came to fruition when the All Blacks turned on a ruthless brand of finals football of its best. After an even first quarter, the Blacks, led by John Burns in the ruck, Neil McIntosh in defence, and Peter Jewell and Ken Levy cut the Barbers to shreds with an eight-gold second term and an incredible 11-gold final term, resulting in a 101-point hiding for Devonish. Graham Tricky booted seven golds and Bruce Cottrell four in the 23-gold 16 to eight-golds five route. Not surprisingly, next week's Sunday preliminary final at the Benalla Showgrounds in extremely windy conditions went the way of the informed Tatong who made it a straight sets finals exit for Devonish in its 45-point victory in a low-standard encounter that did not strike any fears into the Blacks players watching on from the outer. So the 1976 grand final would be between minor premiers All Blacks and defending premiers Tatong, who had also won recent premierships in 1972 and 73. It would be the first time the two sides had met in a grand final since the 1953 decider when the Blacks won by 27 points. From the Blacks' last premiership in 1971, the only remaining players in the 1976 grand final team were Sid Lewis, Ken Levy and Tad Madge. Eight players remain from the 1974 grand final losing side. The most recent finals clash between Tatong and the All Blacks was last year's second semi-final, where Tatong inflicted an upset 16-point loss for the Blacks. There was to be terrible misfortune for Peter Dusha on the Thursday night training session prior to the grand final, as his brother Rex explains. Training on the Thursday night, he slipped or some bloody thing and fell on um, Peter Jewell's boot on his heel. Yeah, and and. 
broke his cheekbone and um, they would, it was advised not to play, of course, but he, he probably could have. Um, but he, yeah, he was pretty bloody disappointed. Might have been out of the two of them too to to, to win a, um, a a game, get a game, you know. Yeah, yeah, or right, Pete, but um, Pete was a good bloke. He was a bit more robust than me and Terry, and um, was a good solid player, you know. Coach John Rush made a visit to Sid Lewis on the eve of the grand final with some change in the air, as Lewis explains. One memory stands out a little bit is the fact that John Rush came round to my, where I was working on the Friday before the grand final and said, uh, we're going to change the team a bit. I said, why? And uh, he said, well, I've just found out a, a bit of a rumour running around that they're going to clean Burnsy up in the first bounce of the game. There's two or three players and we're going to line him up and uh, because they, even though we beat Talon reasonably easy during the year, they still thought they could, they could beat the Blacks. And uh, they said, if they get Burnsy out of the game, because he was the dominating ruckman, he was. He was a great footballer. Uh, he said, what I might do is put you in the ruck and put Burnsy down to full forward. So uh, we lined up for the centre bounce and Burnsy's in there with me. And um, and then the umpires wait for everyone to get in position. And so Burnsy darted off down the end of the ground to full forward and the Talon blokes stood there bewildered. And they upset their plans and they didn't know what was going on. <laughs> they were that busy going to plan B but they didn't have in place and by the time that they woke up what was happening we had four or five goals on the board and we just end up beating them by 11 goals. So so Rocky just called Burnsy back into the ruck and he got through unscathed and we, we won the premiership. A dominant season was rubber stamped on grand final day as the hungry All Blacks came out breathing fire to boot five goals to one and put the writing on the wall for the Tatong Magpies. There was plenty of fiery incidents during the quarter, with an all-in brawl taking place several minutes into the game and took a while to break up as it spilled over the boundary line. Both teams kicked three goals each in the second, with the All Blacks going into half-time, 31 points clear and the smell of Premiership success in their nostrils. The Blacks ran right in the third quarter, bombarding the Tatong defence. It was only poor kicking six goals seven to three two that prevented a larger lead than the 54 points at the final change it was party time in the final term with the all blacks booting another four goals to run out 66 point winners to erase the bitter memory of the previous season mick shield in just his 10th game for the season kicked five goals while terry dusha was named best with a brilliant display and three goals shield recalls the day yeah, I don't know whether I had a really good day. I ended up kicking five. I, I, uh, I, I wasn't fit, and uh, because of the travelling and all the other bits and pieces, so I, uh, I was in the centre of the ground. I was supposed to be first rover, and I started dry retching, and I thought this is not too flash. So I snuck off like a mongrel dog down, <laughs> down to the down to the forward line. And young Terry Douche, who was probably only about eighteen at the time, Douche, and uh, he played a blinder and. Uh, so it worked out well because uh, I think we kicked five, six in the first quarter and probably should have jagged another couple of goals. So there was plenty of stuff coming down and I was I was lucky enough to get on the end of it and, um, you know, got three in the first quarter and probably only had another two or three kicks for the game, but it was a good day all around. 
we we won we won very well. Um, they were a physical side. Tad Ong, Merv Sellers, I think, was coach, and you know Red Fraser and they Laurie DeFazio. Um, they good players and they're good blokes too. You know when you got off the field. Yeah, I think there was probably a couple of dust ups. I don't recall if there was a dust up. Then Sid would have been involved in it. I would have thought. But but Sid being Sid. But yeah, we got away to a very good start, and as you know, you know grand finals in particular. If you get away to a good start and you're four or five goals up a quarter time, it's pretty hard to reel you in. Your tails up and their heads are down, so you go from there. Neil McIntosh was superb in defence, while Bruce Cottrell nailed home three goals. Peter Jewell with two goals, and the tireless ruck work of John Burns were others to shine in a superb team performance as the All Blacks lifted its tenth. Premiership Cup. To celebrate a successful season, the end of season footy trip was Sydney, where as Mick Shewell explains, the coach didn't have as much success off the field. Our footy trips in those days, we went to the cross. Rushy was uh, a very ebullient sort of a person, you know, he was up, on the go, on the go and that sort of stuff. And we're on our way up to uh, up to Sydney. We, we started at the Vic Hotel with uh, so we went up to um, up to the, had a few there, and then we drive up to um, the airport at Albury and jump on the plane, get get into Sydney, and it was the long weekend, their Labor Day weekend, which is you know the first weekend in October. So it's the Doncaster and the Metropolitan, and Rushy was a punter, uh, and so he's rubbing his hands in glue as only Rushy could, and uh, he said he was uh, he had the main Nicholas Van book for all his winnings that he was going to make. Uh, up at the races because we went to the races on the Saturday and the Monday. Um, anyway, the Saturday we we off to the races and um, you know he's betting, we're all betting, and we're all drifting around the place. And uh, anyway, by about three o'clock in the afternoon, the rain had started to come in. It was only a drizzle and uh, what have you. But I walked around the corner and he's rushy, sitting on the park bench in the rain with his head with his chin on his chest, stone bloodless broke. So. <laughs> And I think Steve-O from Stephen's Glass at that stage bailed him out for the weekend because we we, we'd only just got there. We still had two days to go. Finally, Sid Lewis speaks about the coach, John Rush, and the end of his own 217-game senior career at his beloved All Blacks, where he went on to be president, secretary and a life member. John was a very, very serious guy. Um, you didn't get too many smiles out of John. Um, doesn't matter what he did or spoke about, he was a very, very serious man. But he and I become very, very good friends uh, right from that very first time because I had a building business and I gave him my business for the insurance. And so we were very close. An old Tom Hafey type coach. Didn't get too many smiles from him and uh, he spoke loud as they did those days. Coaches, they had to scream the room down to get their message across. I always considered him a Tom Hafey in the era of, and our standard of football, which is a big difference. But uh, Tommy Hafey coached in Shepherd and I think that's where Johnny sort of got to know him a little bit. And John was a very, very, very staunch Richmond man himself. But Hafey coached very successful in Shepherd and before going back to Richmond at Coates. And when he addressed the club, the team, he started screaming right from day one. He certainly got your attention, <laughs> put it that way. But on the footy ground, he was a, a strong player. He wasn't a dirty player of any sort, but he would run through a brick wall to get the best results for his team. And that's the way he played. He uh, he wasn't a brilliant footballer, but he was a strong footballer. He was a fit footballer. He was a fitness fanatic. 
he, he ran all the time himself and expected us to do the same thing. So focused on what he was doing and he spoke loudly, but we had a very, very strong relationship and uh, certainly no favours because of our great friends like Cockmore Blast, probably than anybody else in the team at times. But, so he didn't offer no favours there, but a great guy and uh, very successful. And after that game, that's when I announced my retirement. I thought, well, I've had a, had a great innings. I'm getting older and I had a business. I had people working for me and I said, I can't afford to get a serious football injury. I've had a good good innings, good run, great memories. So I pulled the pin and uh, that was the last game I played in District League. But 76 was a great memory for the fact that that was my last game and to think that we pulled off the flag. The non-N76 Premiership side was backline, Graham Briggs, Trevor Piltz, Neil McIntosh. Halfbacks, Tad Madge, Merv Lapoitevin, Bernie Stratton. Centreline, Jared Crovers, Ken Levy, Peter Jewell. Half forward line, Brian Harrington, Graham Tricky, Rob Vance. Forward line, Mick Shiel, Sid Lewis, Bruce Cottrell. Rucks, John Burns, John Rush, Terry Dushup. 19th, Tony Johnson. 20th, Ray Pilts. Emergency, Trevor Vance. Out injured, Peter Dushup. There you go. The All Blacks weren't missing the Premiership this time with a season of dominance. A huge thanks to the Benalla Rural City Council, Benalla All Blacks Football and Netball Club and its past players who have also contributed to the cost of this timeless and historical moment in the club's history. For now, it's goodbye and don't miss episode three of Benalla All Blacks Golden Era coming up next. Next.